Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome into Up in the Rafters, a podcast brought to you this basketball season by our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. Co-hosting this, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this year I'm joined by national champion, the most outstanding player of the Final Four, a Carolina basketball legend, the ACC Network's Joel Berry. kind of talked off air but just how was your holidays how was your new year how's everything with the family yeah everything was good man we uh stayed around charlotte uh went to the in-laws um so that was that was a lot of fun uh second christmas for our older daughter and uh first christmas for the little one so he just got a bottle of some good good old milk um which was which was nice for him and then uh our daughter man she enjoyed it uh just trying to make it special for her but all in all, just good to be around family and uh, have everyone safe and healthy. I was going to ask, but the one-year-old, you could you could get away with not getting a bunch of toys, right? Oh yeah, you can get away. Shoot, you can still get away with it with a two-year-old. It's uh, I think we're here soon. We'll probably have to get a little bit more creative, but now we can keep it a little bit, keep it kind of simple. Um, before <laughs> she starts demanding uh, jewelry, so. <laughs> And Carolina basketball, they they start the new year with their first true road game for this team this season. UNC beats Pittsburgh 70 to 57. Before we get into the questions and the specifics, what was your biggest takeaway watching this game? Yeah, you know, I think it was a uh, it wasn't the most exciting win and it wasn't clean um, in any way, shape or form. But I think it shows that this team can win uh, in different ways. And, um, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well. I mean, they didn't, you know, they came out and were 0 for 10 from the jump. Um, but I just thought that once they got it going, um, you know, it wasn't pretty, but they were able to get the job done. And sometimes during the season, you need those type of wins where it's not the prettiest, but you are able to learn different things that you can do as a team and learn how to um, kind of muck the game or when the game is mucked up a little bit, how to be able to continue to propel. So overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good win, and honestly, anytime you can get a roll win, it's always it's always beneficial for the resume. Yeah, and especially against a pit team where Carolina had lost three straight games. Yeah, um, in in this series against Pittsburgh, why do you think Carolina has struggled against Pittsburgh um, in in this series recently? And what did you kind of see from this team to to kind of think that they can be different? Yeah, well, last year, I mean, Carolina ran into a really experienced pit team. I mean, it was probably one of the most experienced teams Jeff Capel has ever had. Um, and they just had guys who who knew their roles and, um, you know, they they didn't go as deep, but they just had uh, really veteran guys. And then the physicality and the way that pit gets after you defensively, they can make it tough for you. So I think with the struggles last year that Carolina had, you know, that had to play a part into it. 
um into why they struggled a little bit but um man it was a it, it was a good win um and i thought that they played like i said i thought they played really well typical pit team physical mucking the game up but they were able to surpass them so um i think in the past you know that was a little bit of the problem is just that physicality and then pit having a really experienced team last year you have this pit game uh, it's a couple of days after carolina beats um Charleston Southern and this team is coming off that extended break for the holidays as a player. What is that time off like? And then having to pick it back up, knowing that you're, you're about to get into the heart of your schedule. Yeah. You know, it can go one or two ways. Your team can go come back motivated, ready to go after spending some time with family, um, getting home and getting some of mama cooking, you know, that's always, that always gives you a newfound energy. Um, and or you could come back and just be very, um, you know, lethargic. But and uh, I, I guess kind of coming out into the game, you know, they missed 10 shots in a row. So it kind of took a little bit for them to get it going. Um, but, you know, I think it's great for guys to be able to go home and get a little bit of time with their family. You know, you sacrifice so much um, and just being able to get home, get some of that family time and then come back. It does give you a little bit more energy. Um, and then you want to get back. You're ready to get into ACC play um, and get the season moving forward. But um, like I said, it can go one or two ways. And I thought in that in the game, you know, in the beginning of the game, you saw a little bit of rust, but they got it going. And you mentioned it at the start of the podcast, how how difficult it is to win on the in the ACC on the road. We hear about that all the time. How do you put into perspective how challenging it is to win on the road, no matter who you're playing in this conference? Yeah, well, when you look at it, you look at, you know, you think about your freshmen um, and you think about them going on the road, learning how to be able to travel, learning how to um, do those different things. I think those are like uh, overlooked aspects of uh, just being, you know, quote unquote, a professional. Um, And so you talk about learning, you know, being able to travel being able to stay locked in, um, not having your crowd behind you when those times when you do go 0 for 10 starting off the game, trying to find that energy, um, you have to bring that yourselves. And uh, like, I, I think that's the biggest part of uh, playing on the road is that 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 the crowd energy, and then um, just being able to silence the the, the opponent's crowd and not allowing them to get into a rhythm where they can then get their crowd behind them and then the momentum is flowing. So just being able to approach the game in a way, be a a professional, learn how to travel, but also being able to bring that energy. And it's really a collective. You know, it's not only just about the guys that are playing on the court. It's about the guys on the bench being able to bring that energy, being able to uh, cheer on the sidelines. And as the guys on the court are seeing their, uh, their teammates cheer them on you know all of that goes into playing on the road man and it's it's always a tough environment no matter where you go that overlooked aspect of you know the the freshman trying to adjust to being on the road and 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 getting up for for these road games was there anything that helped you from that perspective because i i think you are right that most fans most fans just think like oh you just show up you play (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, man, it's it's more than that, man. You talk about having to first stay locked in on what what it is that you have to do individually. 
um, and then what you have to do as a team. You know, you talk about all the things that you want to do leading up to the game, um, you know, that scouting report. So now being able to retain that type of information and that's, you know, that's part of the coaches um, part is not necessarily how much the coaches know, but how much can the players retain the information in the scouting report that's being given to them. So making sure that you know what your what your principles are, what what is it that, that your opponent or the person that you are guarding is able to do and everyone is able to do um, with with them being able to switch. But, you know, you got you got dinner, you got snack, you know, you're watching film. So during that whole time, you know, it is on the road, but you got to be able to stay locked in um, and you really have to come together as a team. You know, you only have yourselves. So being able to come together, make sure that everyone is locked in, you know, that's the that's the aspect of it. So just being able to tune in and stay in tune with the with the scouting report and what you what you want to do as a team. Yeah, the, the Carolina team against Pittsburgh, they they start off slow offensively. They miss their first 10 field goals, but this team has been tested th- this season without question. According to Ken Palm, they've played a, a top 20 strength of schedule through this point. So it is a battle-tested team. And then I think there's a few things that Hubert Davis mentioned that that they kind of, you know, hang their hat on even when their shooting isn't going well and it's defending, rebounding, and taking care of the ball. How much do you think just, just going back to the basics and being a team that has played a, a top 20 strength of schedule help them overcome maybe not their best shooting night to start that game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's what, uh, you know, looking at last year, they weren't, they weren't that, that good defensively. I thought um, they were pretty bad in that area. Um, And it affected, you know, the way that they played defense or the way that they shot the ball affected how they played on defense. And that really shows the maturity of your team is how can you, um, you know, how can you remove yourself from, how you play offensively like you know you go on the other side of the ball that is something that you have control over your effort your intensity um on the defensive end you have control over that that doesn't take any you know sometimes the ball just doesn't go in the basket but when it comes down to defense that's all something you have control over so them just being able to really lock in on the defensive end i thought that was huge and that's why i made the point of just being able to win in a different way and to your point you know not being able to shoot the ball, but still being able to show up defensively and get after it. And that's what really kept them in this game is that when those shots weren't being made, it wasn't like Pitt was making a ton of shots as well. They were still defending. I mean, when you look at the percentages, I mean, Carolina only shot 36 and Pitt shot 30% from the field. So that goes to show that they were defending in the midst of them not being able to hit shots, which which is huge because you will – go into games where you won't be able to make shots, but you still have to show up defensively. So I thought that was something that um, that impressed me. Yeah, it was a big defensive effort from Carolina. You, you mentioned the 30.9 shooting percentage for the Pitt Panthers, but they also shot 26.5% during the second half. So uh, <laughs> Carolina was really able to close out the game. And on, on the topic of, of defense, Pitt has a, a top 50 scorer in somebody like Blake Hinson and Carolina holds him to four of 16, 25% from the field, uh, well below his, his season average with points holding him to 11 points. What did you see specifically in that matchup against Hinson and, and maybe 
the scouting report that Carolina had on him to to limit his effectiveness. Yeah, I just thought one um, to my point earlier, being able to retain that information and know what the scouting report says on each player. And I thought that uh, collectively as a team, they did a really good job of being able to understand we have to run this guy off of the line. If we allow him to even have a split hair of uh, of an open window, he's going to get it off. And he has that type of shot making ability. So I thought that they had a really good sense of urgency. Every time they came off of uh, he came off of a, a dribble handoff or a screen, they had a hand up, like not just a hand up, but they were in his shot pocket, not allowing him just to go straight up into a shot. And when he did have the opportunities to, to shoot the ball, they made it tough for him. So I thought that they really did a good job of just paying attention to the scouting report. And like I said, with the switching that they do, it's not only, you know, Harrison Ingram understanding the scouting report. It's RJ, Elliot, Seth. All of those guys have to be able to understand because at any point they could be switched on them. So I thought that, that like I said, collective effort. And understanding that we got to run this guy off the line. We can't let him get comfortable. And like you said, two for 11 from the three-point line, Pitt comes in making nine, nine three-pointers a game. Um, and they only had five total. Uh, so they did a really good job of just sticking with that scouting report, running those guys off the line. Yeah. And then scoring wise for Carolina for, for the first time since November 22nd, it wasn't RJ Davis leading the team in scoring. It was Armando <laughs> Baycott. That's crazy. It was Armando Baycott leading the way with, with 16 points, 10 rebounds, surpassing 2,000 career points against the Panthers, becoming the seventh Tar Heel to achieve this feat. What did you see from Armando? And then can you speak to just the accomplishment to score 2,000 career points? I, I know there's a there's a bit of an asterisk there. Yeah, I was it feels say, like he's had. A, yeah, do we put an asterisk by his name? I mean – it's, it's got to have like points per game because his games, his games are, are going to be the the highest total we've ever seen at Carolina. Right. No, no. that And that doesn't mean we take away from, uh, you know, what Armando has did. Look, he has put in the work um, behind closed doors and this is what you get when you do put in that work. Um, you know, what I like about this year is that uh, it's been a little bit different. I think it's, it's pretty crazy to say that he's having a, okay year and he's still averaging a double double which is <laughs> that's not easy to do i don't i don't care who you are it's not easy to average a double double um i just think it looks a little bit different because um last year at times they were struggling from the perimeter so a lot he had to shoulder a lot um and i think that's why his season last year was so heightened um but this year he is there there are a lot of more weapons and i'm sure you would agree that there are a lot more contributors to what is going on than it was um in the previous year so i think that has to little, uh do a little bit with it but man it's so impressive to be able to be in the ranks of some of the greats in carolina like i think sometimes it's uh we take it for granted some of those records and you know the guys are telling it to you and you're like oh whatever but it's like uh, when you're in my position you know an old an old head now um you know it's you look back on it and you're like wow that is pretty special to to hear some of the names that you surpass and you forget about those guys who laid the path for us and being able to surpass them it's just like it, it's a blessing man so 
Um, I'm I, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the adversity that him and RJ had to face during this time. I mean, think about the roller coaster of emotions um, that they've had to did, endure during their um, their time at Carolina. But through it all, man, he is able to. He he's been showing up, and um, it's just uh, congratulations to him for for surpassing that 2,000 mark. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a player in the moment, you're, you're, you know, you're so locked in on, on like what you have to do next for you when, when you were able to take a step back, how long was it until you were like, man, some of, some of the things I accomplished at a school as big as North Carolina, like not, not too many people can, can <laughs> list off some of the things that you were able to accomplish. Yeah. It's just part of, you know, part of being a young kid, man. And like you said, just always being in that mindset of I got it you know what's next what's next and that's kind of how it is during the season is um moving on to the next thing but um I will say man I still look back on some of the I still look at some of the videos and I think it took um especially when I when I got in the G League um I was just looking back at some of the moments um and you really like it, it it gave me goosebumps like hairs were standing up on the back of my neck because you don't like you don't realize in the moment, like how special that is when you're looking around and you got the fans standing up and you got people cheering for you. You got little kids cheering for you, little kids looking up to you, aspiring to be like you. Um, you really don't get a chance to see that in the moment until you leave and you really get that appreciation. So it took a little bit, but um, I still look at some of the videos. The only one that I can't look at is Villanova. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I've I've seen I've seen that game too many times. It's it's I, one of my least favorite parts about March Madness because I, yes. I know they're gonna play it. Right, right. I, a, I can't find the remote fast enough. <laughs> right. Oh man! But with with this Carolina team, it it has been predominantly R.J. Davis leading the team in scoring. Uh, occasionally, you'll get a, a big Armando Baycott game but they do have other big time scoring options when, when you're looking at this roster, whether it's Cormac Ryan, um, Harrison Ingram, Seth Trimble lately, similar to your 16, 17 team where, you know, some nights it could be Kennedy, some nights it could be you, some nights it could be Justin. What does it do for a team that, that does have multiple options that can lead the team in scoring any given night, depending on, you know, who's hot, who has a better matchup kind of things like that. Yeah, I just think that that's part of the balance that they have last year. And when I was talking about, you know, um, or the balance this year and what I was talking about last year, they were kind of lacking that balance. So it was easier for teams to go into the game 
and 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 scout them, you know, being able to get the ball out of Caleb's hand or get the ball out of RJ hands by blitzing the screens and double teaming and making them making someone else make a play. But this year it's hard for teams to do that. Like they have to be honest all around the court. Um, because if you focus in on RJ, you know, you got Harrison Ingram and you can have, you know, Cormac Ryan being able to make a play. You can even have Elliot Cadeau and then Seth Trimble, man, he played, he played awesome last night in that first half. Uh, just had a complete game, really. But I like the way that, that what, what he brought off the bench. But it really makes it hard for teams to scout for your team and scout your team because of the balance and the playmaking, being able to come from different spots and not just, OK, we know we have two guys that we need to stop. So we are going to focus on them and then we let everybody else score. But if you let everyone else score on this Carolina team, now you got, like we said, uh Armando being able to lead it can be Harrison Ingram being able to lead one game it can be uh Cormac Ryan it can be someone off the bench uh so I just think having that balance really makes teams have to play you honestly quick break to remind everybody about our friends over at Johnny T-shirt if you're going to be in Chapel Hill you could visit them on Franklin Street if not you could visit them at johnnytshirt.com start the new year off with some new Carolina apparel as basketball season gets underway. They have everything you could possibly want. The jerseys, the hats, the t-shirts, you name it, they've got it. They've got the cold weather gear as we get into January and February. So bundle up with some Carolina gear at Johnny t-shirt. It's great people, great customer service. And don't forget inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. One of the players we, we just mentioned, Seth Trimble, I think deserves you know, his own question, his, his own shout out. He goes for 10 points. He's he's one of the best two-way players for this Carolina team with, with the way he, he defends. And, you know, you, you know what you're going to get for him from him, especially when the team has off shooting nights. Like Seth is a, a plus great defender for this team. And when you're playing with a bunch of people who, who can score, he, he is a great option because – he doesn't have to do a crazy amount on offense, but what he yeah. does do on offense, the driving, the attacking the basket, um, and then obviously the defending. What have you seen from him as he has kind of taken this sophomore leap? Yeah, I know I know people won't like hearing this uh mentioned on this podcast, but um last night during the the Duke uh uh Syracuse game, um I thought Jay Williams said something about uh great about what uh coach shire uh said about it's not about just being able to be good in your role it's being able to crush it in your role and i thought that was i thought that was well said because it's hard for some players to really crush it in their role and what they're asked to do and i think i and i'm sure you see it too and i know everyone else sees it and if you don't then you're you're not looking but he really does look like he's accepted his role as what type of player Carolina and coach Davis and their staff wants him to be. Um, I thought that last night he played with really good play pace, really good rhythm. Um, that alley-oop was crazy. Uh, the way that he, I mean, he was looking in the rim and just threw it in. Like it was crazy. Two, two of the best dunks so far in the season for them um, with Jalen Withers and what he did. But, uh, I really do think that he's accepted his role 
and he's crushing it in his role. Just knowing, like you said, he we we don't ask, we, they don't ask much of, much of him. They just say, "Hey, get in there." We know defensively, we need you to be a pest. We need you to hound the ball um, because that is what you do offensively. If you have a lane to get to the basket, use that athleticism. He hit a three. It was you know under duress. He had to get it up. I mean, it went in, uh, but his game is getting to the basket, using that athleticism, athleticism, using that quickness. But I think he's crushing it in the role and very comfortable in what they ask him to do. How difficult is it from a, a player's perspective to say, I might envision myself in, in this role, I might envision myself like starting or, or getting this many shots and and being this type of contributor for a team, but then a team comes back and is like, no, this is your role. This is what you need to be good at. And for this team to to be their best, like this is what we need from you and 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 that dynamic. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real. It's coach, forget what you're saying, man. I I am a shooter. I come here to shoot. That's what I want to do. But eventually, you know, that 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 uh that padded seat will teach you a lot. So <laughs> It'll teach you a lot of things when you're sitting over there pondering on how to get there, how to get out there on the court. So I really do think that um, it, it's tough, man. It's, it's really tough. And it's one of those things that you have to um, you have to accept. I mean, you look at the NBA, everyone aspires to get to the NBA. That's what everyone goes to college basketball to do is to take that next step. Those guys are getting paid a lot of money to just be good in a role. And so my thing is, I, I, I sometimes I can't understand why guys can't accept the role in college basketball, you know. And now y'all are getting paid, you know. So it's just like I, I, I can't understand that, but I can't understand from the fact that you believe in yourself, you have confidence in what you can do, you know yourself, and you should know your game better than someone else. But sometimes a little change does need to be there you need to understand that it's not about just the athleticism it's not about you making the shots for yourself it's about what can i do and what can you do for the team to put the team in the best situation to be able to be successful and it's not the easiest thing but i think that's a testament to the coaching staff and i think it's a testament to seth being able to understand like this is my role i am going to kill it because every since I have been killing it, I've been getting more time on the court and I've been producing. So hats off to him for being able to make that mental shift because not a lot of players can do that. With NIL, you, you mentioned the, the getting paid aspect. Have have you had any time where you're like, man, I, I missed this window by like five, 10 years. Like I would be, <laughs> I would be rolling in money right now in Chapel Hill. Oh, I mean, I think about it all the time, but I also have this like, I also think about my time my freshman year when I literally went back to my room and I called my parents and I said, I think I want to like I want to transfer like this is this isn't it. Um, you know, if I had to rule now, I could have just went ahead and transferred, put my name in the portal um, or waited until after the season. So I guess that's a little different than the NIL. Um, but I probably, you know, thinking about the NIL, I wouldn't have. You know, if it was then, I wouldn't have gotten as much because I probably, you know, there's no telling what would have happened if I transferred something else. But making it to two national championships, like, man, 
I don't even. I just want to stop talking about it because it's making me a little emotional. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need the struggle though to to build the character. Like sometimes you need those moments where you're like, I'm about to swipe my debit card. I don't know if it's gonna go through. <laughs> but I'm gonna give it a chance though. I'm gonna give it. I don't know if overdraft gonna kick in or what, but I'm gonna give it a chance. <laughs> one of one of the ways Carolina was able to beat Pittsburgh was uh this was a pit team that that led the conference in rebounding going into this game it was a, a challenge for carolina one that it looked like they took personal and especially when you hear the players and, and coach davis talking about it in the post game carolina wins the rebounding margin by 10 51 to 41 what did you see there and the the challenge that hubert davis kind of made to this team to to be more physical and, and to be more tough well, I think that was the emphasis because Pitt does play um, some really big lineups. Like last night, they had the Guillermo Diaz brothers out there who were both footers. Um, and then they had Blake Henson. They had uh, Carrington out there. So, I mean, you know, that's running six, seven, six, seven, seven footers. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of size out there. So the only way that you can um, combat that size is you have to be able to stick your nose in there, get a uh, get a rebound as a guard, um, be able to block out. And what we used to talk about all the time is um, I think the concept of blocking out is, okay, I got to block out and then I have to go get the rebound. But sometimes blocking out is just let me block out and then maybe someone else can get the rebound. Um, so I thought they did a really good job of, uh, of neutralizing um, Pitt on the boards, especially offensively. Um, and then, I mean, Carolina – you know, being able to get some offensive rebounds, getting second chance points. I think they had 15 second chance points to one point for, for Pitt. So they didn't allow Pitt to uh, get those second chance points. And, um, you know, with rebounding, that opens up the one thing you don't want to give up against Pitt, and that's three-pointers. The easiest time that you can get a three-pointer is off of an offensive rebound. So being able to limit them offensive, re uh, offensive rebounding, Limiting limiting them to one point, um, I thought that was huge for Carolina, and they'll need to do that every single game. Being able to block out and being able to give Armando some help down there, um, rebounding the ball. Yeah, uh, after the game, Hubert Davis said rebounding is the number one determining factor to allow you to have success out there on the floor. This pit team, like you mentioned three seven footers uh, on their roster. Somebody <laughs> like Hinton ha has great size. What is that like out there when, when you are faced against size and, and the lanes might seem more clogged and, and you're looking at the basket and you're like, I can't even see the basket right now because of this big guy in front of me. Yeah. And I, I can't see the basket. It looks like there are 10 people out on the court, but like this optical illusion of like, you're like, what is going on? Um, I still think about the Florida State team that we played that kind of resembled the size that that Pitt can have on the court at times um, when you're looking around like there's no space to do anything right now. Um, but I thought they did. I thought they did really well. And, um, you know, part of that is just one being physical. Um, and then two is just a mindset. It's an effort. It's a mindset to put in the effort and have that effort to be able to do something that is essential to winning the game. And like you said, Coach Davis said it was a big part of what they what they did in this game. But, I mean, moving forward, uh, you know, talking about Clemson coming up, they have size as well. 
So you have to be able to box out um, and you have to have a collective effort on the board. And uh, it, it really is a determining factor in, in really close games, when you, um, especially against good teams. Before we wrap up, a big shout out to our friends at Congruity. Congruity is a North Carolina-based national coverage local presence company with personal support straight from the Tar Heel State. Congruity is empowering small and mid-sized business owners with HR and payroll outsourcing, enabling you to grow your business while they take care of your greatest assets, your people. And they are doing it with top-of-the-line technology and services for every stage of your business's growth with a state-of-the-art online platform. Congruity, they are obsessed with customer service where they become part of your team. They do the heavy lifting, providing essential admin support with a single point of contact and support available on demand with services that are tailor-made for you, transforming your organization. Congruity has helped hundreds of businesses improve and enhance their day-to-day lives, level up your HR capabilities, save money, unlock game-changing growth. Visit congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels to learn all about congruity, filled a quick form to be connected to their consultants, and they'll give Inside Carolina listeners or viewers a payroll and HR assessment for free. That's congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels, congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels. All right, back to the episode. Next on the schedule for Carolina is the aforementioned Clemson Tigers. At the time we're recording this, Clemson is 11 and one ranked 16th in the country. This is before they play uh, Miami on Wednesday night. How does Carolina match up with, with this Clemson team? Yeah, they, they match up as far as size, they match up as far as uh, having the talent. Um, I I do think that, uh, you know, the, the, the challenge will be for, uh, for Armando is somewhat, in a way of what he faced against Villanova with Eric Dick, uh, Eric Dixon, um, being able to go, having to go against a guy who can step out from the perimeter. Um, and, uh, but PJ Hall can also, uh, is, is a really good post player as well. Um, and so I think that'll present a challenge in itself. Uh, last night, you know, they went against a, a, a pit team where I thought they did a really good job of bringing it, bringing over the second defender and stunning at, the the Guillermo brothers when they wanted to shoot a three to just you know make it just give you something to get your mind off of just going in straight into a three-point shot so um they will need to do that but as far as guard play I think they match up really well uh it'll be a really good game um it can be a high scoring game or it can be one of those games where it can be somewhere in the mid you know 50s 60s um, because both teams are good defensively as well. So uh, I look forward to this game. Uh, it's going to be one of those games that you don't want to miss. It's at 12 noon, so it's right in the uh, right in the middle of the day before everything get, can get uh, get started. So I think this is a game that everyone should be tuned into, and um, uh, it'll be a really good matchup. For the fans that might not know, R.J. Davis leading the conference in scoring with 21.1 points per game, but right behind him, it's P.J. Hall averaging 20.5 points per game. What would you say to those fans who are who are looking for a scouting report and maybe where he excels and where this Carolina team can try to slow him down? 
Yeah, you one, you have to get them out and you, you have to get them running. Um, I thought what Memphis did against Clemson was uh was what you want to do. You want to be able to get him moving on the court, get those legs a little tired, um, and do what you can to get him in foul trouble. I thought against Pitt, um, I saw a couple of times where Armando was literally jumping for the ball because he was wide open in the post. And those are times that you need to get him the ball because you can see his numbers. Um, and so in this Clemson game, that's one way to neutralize P.J. Hall is get him in foul trouble, get him on the bench, utilize that that horse that you have down low in Armando and get him the ball and get P.J. tired. And then, um, you know, for R.J., I think they're going to come out and try to make it as uh, tough as possible. They might try to blitz some screens and get the ball out of his hand because he's been playing so well out of the pick and roll um, and being able to uh, have other guys score the ball. But, you know, it's part of the chess match. Um, it's a part of being able to dissect that scouting report. And those are two guys that have been balling here early in this season. So um, it, that's why I said you got the stars coming out um, and it'll be a really good game. Top two scores in the conference noon tip off this Saturday from Clemson on ESPN two. We will be back next week to break it all down. Joel, appreciate the time and appreciate everybody watching and listening. Yes, sir. Good chopping it up with you, my man. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude averaging 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.